Happy hump day, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Best Bets here on the Field of 68's channel, sponsored, as always, by Bet Rivers. Tip of the cap to Bet Rivers. They are offering you a little parlay boost. If you go four legs or more on a college basketball game, you will get a 20% boost, so make sure to check that out. If you're going to be wagering on college hoops today, we are the three-man weave. We're here with you. I'm Jim Root, your host today, joined by Kai McEwen, by Matt Cox. Fellas, we had some actual big games last night. I'm curious mm-hmm. if your takeaways venture into that territory. Matt, I'm going to start with you. What did you see last night that really jumped out to you? Other than the Duke collapse and the excessive charge calls, um, like why Duke couldn't adapt, I don't really know. But also, why are we calling like 10 charges? Like, we need to just stop this. I'm really annoyed by that, Jim. Um, but more broadly, SLU gets a huge home win. The Billikens, well done, despite a, oh my God, a cringeworthy final five minutes there. Goodness gracious. That Memphis press is like terrifying, by the way. Um, but just, hey, happy for Travis Ford and the Billikens as they march toward what they hope to be in that large bid this year, Kai. Yeah, uh, my takeaway is Championship Classic, of course. Champions Classic. I keep calling it the Championships Classic. Uh, don't overreact. Every single year, it's, this team's awesome. This team sucks. Guys, all four teams are still really, really good. Kentucky probably should have beaten Michigan State, and I'm already seeing Michigan State fans talking trash about preseason rankings. Let's relax a little bit. One game sample size. Every team looked good and bad in their own ways. Jim, I enjoyed watching both games. We got high drama. We had two overtimes in the first one. Got a, got a last second, a uh, couple possessions with Duke and Kansas. Just fun all around, but don't overreact. Yeah, I thought RC did a really nice job on Field 68 After Dark of kind of framing it this way. He's like, everyone in Duke's freshman had good moments. Um, the, the Kansas championship pedigree certainly carried over. DeWan Harris was remarkable. Like, he, just talk about making an impact on a game without scoring. He was ridiculous. Yep. Uh, la- last night, bad night, ACC, good night, Mountain West. San Diego State with a big win on the road. New Mexico, New Mexico just rolled SMU. Mm-hmm. Really, really impressive effort there. And then, of course, the ACC, Louisville, Syracuse, Duke, all dropping games. Bad start to the to the year, Matthew. Uh, Eleven and twenty-seven. Excuse me, twelve and twenty-seven against the spread. Your ACC boys, not great. Not great look for the league so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right. Speaking of one game sample size. Maybe we overreacted to Gonzaga's performance on the carrier. Michigan State stayed close. We'll talk about Gonzaga now going on the road. Difficult environment down to Austin. The new arena in, in Texas. They're, this is really the, the grand, grand opening. I know they've had games already against UTEP um, and, and Houston Christian. But, Matt, this is the big one. Gonzaga coming to town. Drew Timmy dominated last year. Does he do it again? How do you see this one shaping up? Big old Texas size tilt here jim i think timmy will get his inside um the longhorns are improved up front defensively with the emergence the the healthier dylan disu former vandy transfer he's been a game changer for that defense um kai i'm really torn here man i the fact that the money's bet this up to two two and a half at some shops if gonzaga touches plus three i think you have to take the zags i've been the biggest texas flag waiver even saying i would even take texas if they hung this close to pick but just gonzaga plus three knowing what we now know that the carrier game against Michigan State may have been in a better performance than we thought, although you kind of have to put a big fat asterisk on that whole carrier experience. Um, looking for Zags plus three, hoping the money keeps coming in on the horns. Uh, yeah, I, I said this on a different show, but this is the first time Gonzaga has been an underdog since the 2019-20 season. So it's been two years since we've seen Gonzaga as an underdog. You're giving me the chance to take them at plus two and a half. 
Yeah, I'm probably going to. It's going to be a defensive battle. I know po- people like to focus on Texas's defense, which is great, but Gonzaga can defend too. And let's not w- w- uh, forget what happened last year with these two teams, Jim. Timmy, 37 points in last hey, game. Does DSU make up for all of that? I'm not so sure. Um, the Zags guard play needs to be better for sure. Texas's perimeter shell is very good, and the Zags guard play has not been great lately. But I don't see Texas scoring efficiently in this game. Look at UTEP. Um, I-, I think the Zags are more battle-tested. I like them as a dog. Yeah, that's the, the the perimeter shell, I think, is really important for Texas because I don't think they have anyone that can guard Timmy one-on-one. But if you get Carr and Rice and Hunter really pressuring Gonzaga's ball handlers, maybe they can't get Timmy the ball in good positions and he has to post up like 16 feet from the basket. And then it's a little harder for him to put you in the blender with his footwork. So I'll be monitoring that, trying to figure that out. I do lean Gonzaga as well. Um, I, I just, I don't know about this Texas team offensively yet. Like Kai said, they really struggle to score. I also think your your lean on side probably has a little bit to do with your lean on total too. Yeah, um, I agree with that. If Texas really controls the tempo and makes it completely a half-court execution game, like we've seen Gonzaga struggle with in the NCAA tournament, probably an under game, probably a Texas game. But if, it, if they get running, if they get a little more in the open floor, that starts to lean towards Gonzaga. Matt, you talked about how good Beard's transition defenses are. I'm sure that's a big part of it for you, right? Yeah, and I, I do think this is, I lean under, I think, for that reason. There's a scenario in which Gonzaga does execute well enough to win this game outright in a half-court type affair, but I think this is going to play much more in the half-court thing, and Gonzaga would ultimately like it to be played. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll we see. I, it seems like when you really shut down a few times in a row that Gonzaga transition attack, like Arkansas did in the tournament, they just kind of stopped running. I don't want to see that. I, I want to see them continuously push. Yeah, They've yeah. got the depth to do it, so... Keep an eye out there. Sounds like it can zag lean across the board. Hopefully we get it to, to plus three and we can be really all in on it. Gung-ho. Um, all right, let's move to the next one here. Going over to the Gavit games, Iowa heading on the road to Seton Hall. Kind of neither team has played any competition this year whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the the side of the ball we expected to be really good for both teams, Iowa's offense, Seton Hall's defense has been legit. Uh, so we've kind of got the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Who has the edge between those two units here? My gut kind of says Iowa here. Uh, They're not helpless defensively. And and of course, we know the offense can go. I'm just not sure Seton Hall's offense is there yet. Uh, And it's also uh, their their first major test, right, with a brand new group under Holloway. It is Iowa's first road test this season with a relatively young team. Uh, It's going to be an interesting matchup, Matt. It's a pace war, of course. One team wants to get up and down. Shaheen Holloway hasn't minded uh, running out in transition this season early on, but hard to tell if that's competition, just just beating the brains out of some lesser teams. Uh, The question for Iowa, can you keep Seton Hall off the glass? That's Holloway's bread and butter. Attack the offensive glass. We'll see. I lean towards Iowa. I tend to trust them more. Their offense has been in fuego every season the last five or six years under Fran. Yeah, the one thing to note here, very subtle wrinkle. I don't think it'll have an impact. Uh, Tony Perkins was icing his ankle, apparently, at the end of last game. It, McCaffrey said he'll be fine. I, I think he's an absolute critical piece to that offense, right? The whole question offseason was, who's going to run Iowa's offense? The first year that McCaffrey hasn't had like a pencil-in, guaranteed, stable point guard in a while, and Perkins has kind of emerged as that. So I, I think he's going to be a key piece in this game, especially against the long, lanky, rangy perimeter guys that Seton Hall's going to throw at you. Side to me is a toss up. I would lean Iowa just because betting against Iowa sounds like the worst idea in the world. I don't care who they're playing at this point. Um, and I do think the over is actually the right side. I think Seton Hall, Ty, as you mentioned, I think they'll get up and down a little bit. They, yeah, um, he'll run. 
I think he'll run right when it's there. And Iowa will give you the opportunity to run, especially off misses, although they don't miss very often. Um, I like over, I think. Yep. I like over. I actually, I took the over. It's not one of my best bets here, but I took it for about a half unit. Uh, I, I think we do see a little bit of a track meet. And the concerning thing for me, for Seton Hall, like we know the defense is great. Look at the points for possession they held, but Monmouth and St. Peter's like almost 60% of their uh catch and shoot jumpers were unguarded they just didn't make them because they're bad <laughs> and i say good luck if you're going to leave iowa shooters mm-hmm. open that's that's not going to be it's not gonna be good i watched the whole uh, monmouth seton hall game and it was just like yeah they're they're freshman shooters one for 11 like that's that's why they have no chance of scoring i think iowa can score here uh seton hall yeah, still a little banged up no yetna i think hurts a little bit in the interior I'm with these guys. I, my number initially when Seton Hall opened a home dog, lean Seton Hall, but gut was all Iowa for me. So uh, staying away on the side. Okay, let's go to the Legends Classic, fellas, in Brooklyn. Wish we were there in attendance. That would be kind of fun. Brooklyn. Got VCU and Arizona State. That's the first one we're going to hit here. Unsurprisingly, Kai, VCU has taken a ton of money. With Marcus Bagley not even making the trip for Arizona State, mm-hmm. the oft-injured Marcus Bagley. Has it, has it gone too far where this number's at, or where do you settle? Yes, very torn. Uh, Arizona State without Bagley is in trouble re- regardless. You saw that against Texas Southern. You saw that all of last year. And the coaching edge, Matt, Rhodes over Hurley. It heavily favors VCU. I haven't been that impressed with the Rams, though, and I was really beating their drum in the preseason, but they kind of let Manhattan hang around. They let Morgan State hang around. Just not very inspired efforts, and maybe that's just not taking competition seriously. Perhaps they step up in this one. I'm certainly worried about Frankie Collins for Arizona State. His turnovers have been terrible this year. Very loose with the ball. Playing against VCU, a team that obviously forces turnovers. Yeah. Uh, I, I am leaning towards VCU here. Man, four and a half is a lot on a neutral with a team that doesn't look that good so far this season. Yeah, Frankie Collins, that's kind of the key to my handicap if you're looking at a personnel perspective. He had 21 points against Tarleton State, uh, but at six turnovers in that game, you can kind of look at that as sort of a primer to this game. Um, Team that's going to pressure you, get after you all over the floor. Arizona State, anecdotally not a team we really trust as like a super secure with the ball. Um, It's tough to say. I think the number's gotten a little bit too high. I'm not going to back Arizona State. I just doesn't, God doesn't. Doesn't sit well with me, Jim, but but it has gotten a little bit high up to uh, Four five pretty much everywhere now. Yeah. Um, Jim, what about over? Maybe I think the pace might play pretty well for the over. 134 seems low. I don't no? know. I, haven't you kind of been on the, the beater of the drum for Arizona State's more of an under team lately with the way they're I think the pendulum's going to switch a little bit, but Bagley, I kind of negates the whole thing. So, yeah, probably nothing there. Nullified. Yeah, I, think, I think that hurts. Oh. Um, and I think both these teams are probably better defensively than offensively. Especially with Bagley out, I agree with that. Away that that big time yep. score. So yeah, I think you'd really need tempo. I I did not bite on this game. Uh, I think the spread's gotten a little too high. I wanted VCU early with the the one and a half two, and I just just missed it. Unfortunately, shout outs to Ted Spencer in the chat says he got the minus two. I would have I would have loved to join him, but missed it. Got to be honest. Feels like right, a fr- we don't always get the best line. We want to, but we don't. Most of the time, though, Jim. Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I think overnights. this final thoughts in this game just now hit me. It could be a huge free throw a thon. Like you could be just completely at the mercy of the whistle and free throw shooting. So another reason to not bet this game. Yep, entirely possible. All right, the other one in the Legends Classic, Michigan and Pitt. Matt, big injury news here as well. We think we're going to see some John Hughley for Pitt, their big man in the paint. Unsure if he's going to be quite back to his full self, both uh, health-wise, explosion, conditioning. 
Not that explosion is a huge part of his game, but he does need to get up and down the floor. Michigan got into a shootout with Eastern Michigan, was pretty concerned by their perimeter defense, keeping guys in front. Not as big of a concern against Pitt's backcourt, I will say, but uh, how how do you see this one uh, between two power conference squads? Yeah, the line's been bumping up and down a little bit. It's at like eight, eight and a half right now. Um, My first thought was that it felt a little high when it got up to like the nine, nine and a half, ten range. Um, but it's been, it's come back down to eight. And I think with Hughley, if, if you're getting a fully effective Hughley, that's absolutely enormous in a matchup with Hunter Dickinson, um, especially how inept Pittsburgh's offense looked against West Virginia without him. I think they want to play inside out through Hughley. So he kind of like opens up everything that they've been working on all off season and what they found success with in stretches last year. So all in all, Kai hard stay away. Cause I have no idea how good Hughley is going to be, how effective he's going to be. Um, I think the price is pretty accurate. So nothing for me. Hughley's Fence rider. Been- Hughley's going to be on a pinch, a pitch count, almost almost guaranteed. He's not going to play his normal minutes. <clears throat> his conditioning's not there yet, uh, and I think Michigan's going to eat them inside w- without him fully at capacity. Dickinson, there's no match. Jet Howard is a tough matchup for uh, this team as well. Pitt doesn't have the long, rangy, versatile wings uh, that Michigan does. So it is a big number. It's come down a little bit, like like you guys mentioned. Maybe people are thinking Eastern Michigan just played this team close on a neutral, but. Coaching edge is huge for Michigan, and why would you back Pitt right now or any ACC team for that matter? Yeah, that's a that's a valid point, Kai. It could be just what's the opposite of a rising tide lifts all boats? A, a draining yeah. pool sinks all ships. I don't know. No, no thank yeah, you. That's good. That's what I'm going with. Um, yeah, eight. I could I could be interested in Michigan a little bit at eight. The biggest obstacle for Dickinson against Eastern Michigan was just his own guards passing him the ball. He scored every time they gave it to him on the block or found an open shooter. They had no prayer of guarding him. And I think if Hughley is banged up or in foul trouble, which I would imagine happens early, Pitt's really, really going to struggle against him as well. Uh, so I'm kind of leaning Michigan. I also kind of like the over. Both teams have been getting up and down a little bit. Michigan really has has been running that Eastern Michigan game. Huge example. So I like the over, which I believe is a is against the steam. It's come down some mm. to, to 139, but that's where I go on on total. All right, Kai, let's go to the chat mob. I know there are some questions rolling in. Yes. Hit Chris asks about a game near and dear to Matt's heart because he's always a Don. San Francisco Fresno game is basically pick at Bet Rivers. What do you think? It was almost my best bet. So um, my second best bet of the ninth that won't officially count is the Dons. Love the Dons. I'd even lay up to two. I think Fresno is very much in the, wow, Atlanta Robinson is not there anymore. What do we do? Phase of their journey as a squad. So Don's reloaded. Uh, off two root canals against Texas Southern and Cal Poly. I think they they get it done tonight in the road. Jim, uh, a couple of guys talking about Houston first half here, playing Texas Southern off a of back-to-back. The I think the first half lines are on 18. I haven't looked at it too hard, but what do you think? There may not be a better first half team than Houston. They just, hmm. they get up. I mean, there's no better like first 10 minutes team than Houston. They get up 15 to 20 on everybody. Texas Southern off that back-to-back and they faded last night. My God, second yep. half. Against Oral Roberts, they kind of got forked big time by a team that was playing back to back. So yeah, I I don't hate that. I, I kind of it's Houston or nothing in all Houston games going forward. They're just a juggernaut. Yeah, Houston has no risk of like, oh, team gets hot and scores 15 points early. It's like, no, they're gonna have four. Houston might have 14 or 24. And then it just kind of grows from there. That's just what happens. Matt, Harvard and Northeastern and Boston battle. Harvard minus one and a half right now at Bet Rivers. 
Your thoughts? Yeah, the line's right. I had Harvard slight favorite as well. It opened around pick. Northeastern young team sort of trying to find out their rotations. Bill Cohen likes to use the down kind of as kind of a petri dish for, to prep for conference. I wouldn't back them, um, but certainly don't want to back Harvard here either. I just don't like betting against the worst coach. Neither team betting on the good. worst coach. Neither team looks like, good. I kind of like Harvard. I, Harvard had a really nice effort against Elon. I mean, Elon's bad, but Northeastern's got injuries and still figuring out what they are offensively. No Joe Pridgen, I think, really matters for them. Jim, in a really, really, really good game, Matthew asks about Idaho hosting Cal State Bakersfield. The Vandals are favored, minus two and a half. Thoughts? That's a big flip of the line, right? I feel like Bakersfield opened Did a they, point yeah, favorite or two. Sounds right. Um, I was intrigued by Idaho as a dog. Uh, their center missed last game. Isaac Jones it was like illness. I think he's going to yep. be back. Uh, Bakersfield's missing two starters since preseason. I think their talent yep. level is really, really low. They got run out by Utah or or crockpotted by Utah, I guess. I kind of lean Idaho there, but not where the line's at. It's it's probably flipped too far and is close to correct for me. Is there a less fun team to bet on than Cal State Bakersfield? I pose that question to you both. But let let, let, let that marinate while we keep going. No, there's not. Just, just I, a I thought. There is. You, you will not get two threes made in a row. It will not happen. <laughs> if you're down seven, you may as well be down 17. You're, yes. you're toast. Uh, we have a question from Ryan A. about... Gulf Coast and Tennessee, two of my favorite teams. I'll be honest. I, I love both teams. Boy, I know it's a big spread, but Tennessee is so hard, Matt, to put my finger on. They're either dominant or they are just nowhere to be found. And I cannot fade or back a team that's like that. So Florida Gulf Coast scares me with plus 21, even though it's pretty high. I would lean Gulf Coast. They're too talented to be catching 21 against a Tennessee team that is having some locker room riffs. Yeah. I know they're talented, but it just feels like maybe now's not the time to. I guess the Gulf Coast. I would agree with you. Yeah, they Gulf need to have like a, a kumbaya state. retreat to get their heads all in the same. Players place, only that's meeting. That's Players only meeting. That's right. Uh, all right, Jim. I'll holster the rest here. Go ahead. Back to the rundown. All right, back to the rundown. Let's get into it. We are going out west to the mountains. BYU hosting Missouri State. Matt, we haven't seen Missouri State against a Division One opponent yet. So we're trying to figure out what they are at this stage. BYU has looked bad as a favorite, really good on the road as an underdog at San Diego State. Now they're a favorite. What do you think? Uh, line feels right. I'm kind of looking to maybe fade BYU because I've watched Rudy Williams at point, and that's just not working out for the Cougars. And by association, they have real question marks in the backcourt. However, BYU is at home, and I'm not trying to bet against uh, a bet on a team that's going to go out west in altitude for their first game of the year in a pretty – what do we, you know, we, like, we don't really know what the roster is going to look like, the rotations from Missouri State either. So I don't know. It's a hard stay away, I guess. Yeah, the number feels big. Uh, BYU not impressive against Idaho State, and then they were up by 10 at San Diego State at the A-House Center. That impressed me. Uh, almost got the win there. Like Matt said, it's Missouri State's first D1 game this year, and it's a brand new roster. There's only one guy back from last season, Donovan Clay. That's a tough test to going at BYU for your first road contest. I don't think Dana Ford is a player whisperer or an X's and O whisperer by any means, Jim. So I need to see a game or two here before I back Missouri State, even though the line feels pretty big. Yeah, they have the talent to go in there and compete. Mm -hmm. And typically Ford's teams can play up a little bit, but you just don't know. I mean, the way that Idaho State hung around against BYU, that seems very doable for a team like Missouri State. Um, so I, I stayed away too. I want a little more evidence on both these teams. I don't feel confident in my rating on either side. Uh, so sitting this one out, sitting on my hands. All right, let's go to the Queen City or nearby the Queen City, at least for a local rivalry. 
Cincinnati at Northern Kentucky. Matt, if you recall a couple of years back, Northern Kentucky hosted Cincinnati's home games as they were remodeling Sorry. third arena. Uh, no coaches or players are really around from that era. So there's no effect of that. It's just kind of a little curiosity. Uh, there's some player concerns on the NKU side. I'll let you detail. How do you see this one going down? Um, does the matchup zone for NKU make a play a big factor here? Yeah, I think it will. Um, that's the thing with Northern Kentucky this season. It's the first year, I think, in Horn's tenure, uh, at least as he described it to me. He They have some continuity, and so he doesn't think there's like this learning curve with mastering playing the zone, which is basically trans- translated into struggling in non-conference, get hot in conference. Now he feels like they're going to be good out of the gates. They got ran by Kent State, but Kent State might just be really good. So I'm not going to put that, you know, put a black mark on the resume for that. Since he had some issues on offense, they got some talent, they got length, but I think it's more just volleyball in the glass as opposed to like execute, pass, and shoot. Um, Jimmy mentioned Sam Benson, uh, catalyst, backcourt, kind of a fungible guard for NKU. He did not play in the most recent exhibition. I think he does matter. He a lot of moving boot. parts are kind of in a boot. That's... In a boot. Boots can be bad to, yes. I guess boots can also not be that bad too. <laughs> More just yeah. precautionary. He's day to day. He's day to day, right? Thank you, Kai. It's so all that to say, no player for me. He's day to day. He matters a lot. If he's out, I would not consider the Norse. If he's in six and a half, feels pretty good. Since he lets teams hang around, they're good, but they have a guy who makes very stupid decisions, and that's Landers Nolly. Uh, and I need to start tracking teams that have a guy like this, a guy that will shoot at any time uh, from like 19 feet, foot on the line take bad shots and kind of take your team out of it or let teams get back in. I'm not impressed with Nolly, Jim. He makes really dumb decisions. There's several guys like this, by the way, out there. Caleb Love is one of these guys. Uh, but anyways, NKU's opening loss. I agree, Matt. Not worried about it with Kent State. Again, check on Vincent here. If he's in six and a half, heck, if he gets to seven, fantastic, would be my lean. Yeah, I, I made it a little shorter, but Vincent's really important. I think they mm-hmm. need him to, to keep up offensively here. Cincinnati's got a little more offensive pop this season partially because Landers Nolly, uh, he's, he's kind of irrational confidence guy. I, I think some, some he teams is. it helps to have that, but you also have to deal with the the downs that come mm-hmm. from that. Uh, you'll get the Caleb love massive three pointers in the NCAA tournament, but you'll also get the like three right. for 14 performances. Um, Kai, are we a little burned from fading Cincinnati on Sunday? I'm, I'm hurting from that one. Yeah, that was a really bad beat. If you had Eastern Kentucky, um, pour one out, that was a, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Down eight with two and a half minutes left. Lost by yeah. 18. It's plus 17 and a half. Painful. We're laughing. Uh, but, yep. Anyways, lean towards the dog here. I think it's a tricky team to prepare for. I think it's a motivated underdog because of playing kind of big brother nearby. Um, and Cincinnati's kind of lacking in wing depth right now. John Newman out indefinitely with surgery. Dan Skillings, the touted freshman, is day to day, might not play in this one. Um, so as long as Vincent's in, I think. Northern Kentucky could be a decent bet. All right, oh, well, wow. This game's on the rundown. I pulled a mat. Oh, <sighs> man. But none of us caught you. So, wow. you know what, Kai? Here's wow. what it was. I have wow. so much faith in you not <laughs> stepping on the rundown that I, uh, I didn't even look. But, yeah, San Francisco, Fresno State. Yes. Uh, we got Matt's take on it. Kai, let's get your take. I don't feel confident in either team. Uh, lots of turnover for San Francisco, plus a new coach. They did not look convincing against Texas Southern. They got down. They did not look convincing against Cal Poly, uh, but Fresno didn't look great against Santa Barbara either. So not a lot of travel. Spread feels a little bit short. I don't know. I thought Fresno was supposed to be a lot better this year. I know they lost O'Rob, but still had a majority of their guys coming back. I don't trust either team. Can't bet it. Yeah, I don't it's, I don't mind uh, Fresno. I don't feel I, Matt, are you really like I'm not gonna throw a whole bunch of stones for losing on a neutral UC Santa Barbara. I think that's a top one hundred team. Like that's not it's not a no, bad I, effort by Fresno. 
No, it's not. But it's uh, I, the exhibitions were really bad, and the game that game didn't play out. I think the score is a little deceiving in that UCSB box score. I need to look, take a second look. But I remember making a note like, "Oh, not impressed by Fresno," and just the when you have such a play, a player that like dominates both sides of the ball, like Robinson does, it's just like going from that to not that is just such a whoa. What are we doing here? But didn't you um, write an article on threemanweave.com about how? don't overreact to losing the one star like that was you yes but robinson's different i think (laughs) i think i did write that article back in my dumber more naive days no i mean actually had some data to back that up so maybe i'm just talking out of my ass right now as i've gotten older unclear we'll find out tonight jim uh yeah the total's been bet down i kind of could see i mean i just think all fresno state games are prone to be rock gross yes there's bad decision makers in their backcourt um, so I would lean that way, but it has been bit down. So be wary that you're not getting the best number at this point. Uh, all right. Last one on the rundown here, Ohio headed to Detroit, big mid-major showdown. Both of you guys wisely back Detroit at Boston college. I did not. So I'm jealous of the winnings in your pockets. Kai, are you doing the same thing here? Uh, the, the Titans as a short home dog. Yeah. Plus two, man. I, my gut feels like, or my gut is saying Detroit, uh, Antoine Davis, number one, always gives you a chance. You're at home. Ohio's a bit vulnerable this year. They're they're still good. They're still a great, uh, a very well coached team. Bulls over the elder Davis all day long. Uh, but Matt, Detroit impressed me against Boston College. I know BC was injured. They should have won that game. Uh, Stone and Anderson have been impressive. AJ Oliver is a key newcomer that wasn't expected to be on this team. We don't have any word on Gerald Liddell yet. He's also a key transfer for Detroit. Not eligible for some reason. That's the NCAA's choice. I do think Ohio has a major advantage with Dwight Wilson. Inside, yes. he's going to kick their butts, just frankly. Yep. Uh, tough choice for me. Probably in towards the over. I, I don't see Detroit really stopping Ohio, but Detroit can score, man. So that's where I stand in this game. Yeah, I, that kind of Wilson thing, um, just reading about him being effective, uh, that Buzz Bulls talked about in some of the post games. I think he was inefficient his last game, but I, I think he's a real matchup issue for Detroit. A pretty thin um smallish but especially thin front line uh for a defensive back line it's also had issues stopping shots at the rim in years past i don't know if they've really been fully addressed yet with the offseason turnover and got, think about detroit like they brought in two of their key players like in august right like liddell wasn't even on the roster when i talked to davis in july then they bring in aj oliver from odu it's like the ultimate we don't know who we are. Like our players came in later than most teams that brought in a bunch of new players anyway. So it's just a team. I don't really feel good about backing the BC game. Jim was impressive, but I think that BC just bad. Right. So. Yeah. I think they're, especially as a big favorite, that team just doesn't have yeah. the offensive firepower to blow teams and out. They're hurt. They're hurt. Yeah, exactly. I, I made this line right about what it is. How do you guys feel about me saying, I, I think Bowles has a clear coaching edge here. Is that too oh, yeah. much shade to Davis? No, I think yeah. I said, I think I said oh, it too. Yeah. Yeah. Davis yeah. is Bulls solid. Bowles is sure. awesome. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay, there. Yeah, I think he's done a terrific job dealing with some of the the losses that they had in the, in the portal with Vanderplas and Sears leaving, brought in some key guards that, to, to kind of make up for it. So uh, I sat this one out. Kai, there's a chat question I hope I get I get to field because I think I'm going to add a best bet. So uh, I'm going to kick it to you for chat. At the buzzer. We we'll love that, baby. Yep. Okay, I'll try to guess which one that what that is. But uh, let's go to the chat, Mom. Ball State, Omaha. Uh, I took Ball State at a lower number. Minus five. Matt, you like Omaha this year. Tell I, I mean, do. I talked to Crutchfield. He didn't sound like he was expecting to win much this year, but he has a good culture going, I think, there, at least. Yeah, I I worry about Ball State a little bit. A team I love. Um it just Indiana State game really disgusted me. Like they should have been competitive in that game. They never were. There's a lot of dumb shots. I didn't like it. 
Um, I would lean Omaha. Omaha, right? It's at Omaha. It's at Omaha. Good home court advantage. Yeah, I lean Omaha. Is I'm it? Step, I'm stepping in because th- this was at, my uh, historically. Oh, this is it? You had oh, a okay. baby. Oh. What do you want, Jim? Uh, it's the under. I think the under, the under. is a great bet here. Okay. Uh, Underhaul. Omaha has been much slower this season, uh, and their possession or their tempo is it looks high because they've played two really fast teams, but they've kept it kind of slow. And same with Ball State. Their their new coach, Mike Lewis, coming from McCronin, he played for Bobby Knight. He coached under some other slow guys. Like I think he's going to grind games to a halt. Uh, they just played that up and down Indiana State, who I think is going to be a zippity doo team. So this one's been bet down like six or seven points. Oof. But I, I still think there's value there because of there's just a lot that's not captured in the number. Uh, looking for a total, they said 144 in the chat. Let me see what our pal Bet Rivers has. 143 and a half. I'll take it. I'll add a second best bet. First one has yet to be revealed, but Kai, I'm, I'm adding the under. All right. You have to remind me of that one, Jim, at the end will, of the show. I will. I will. Hey, keep the mic real quick. Delaware State, plus eight right now against Columbia. Lines come down a little bit. Do we believe in Delaware State's Villanova run? I do. I think that team is mega well coached. They got a bunch of new pieces coming in there. Uh, they added a bunch of people late, like Detroit, like after we had done rosters for the Almanac, they had like two or three guys in the rotation they had added, but they're really well coached with Waterman. They're going to slow things down. And I think Columbia is really bad. So uh, I think that's, that's too many points. This is a decently competent road team. Matt American and William and Mary. There's a question on the total as well as the spread. So Give me your opinions wow. if you have any. I have none on the total. I have yeah. a slightest of slight opinions on the side, and that would be leaning toward American. That is all. At minus three. Wow. Yeah, they're better this year, I guess. Yeah, uh, they are. Trevor asks about Valpo, Chicago State, Jim. Our independent team, Chicago State. It's like 10 right now. I, think I almost Valpo bet should, this. Valpo should be able to name their number. Chicago yeah, State. Yeah, I know. Got a nice win over IUPUI, but Valpo is... I mean, Kobe King is so much better than any by far before. the best player. Yes, and Cricky's great. Like Valpo should roll this. It's a very, very, very quick travel from Valparaiso up to South Side of Chicago. So I would. Why am I not bet this? Valpo. Keep going, Jim. No, I'm going to bet this while you keep talking. Let's go. <laughs> okay. No, that's I got it. I've made my case. Matt Simo Evansville, your favorite team, the Evansville Purple Aces, are minus two against a Simo team that uh, didn't they just beat? Gosh, who did they just beat? Help me out. Um, like South too. Florida on the road. South Florida. Big yeah. big win for them. What do you think? I can't ever pick apart SEMO and SIU. Yeah. I have to like always revisit the which one's Rayshon Taylor plays for Hugh, which colors. one corn. I agree. The same colors and the Southeast SEMO. Yeah. Uh confusing. Um, all that is to say, I don't have a strong take here. I lean Evansville <laughs> slightly, um, but nothing strong. Uh I'll take this one from Graham, Arkansas, South Dakota State. I'll tell you what, the Jack Bunnies did not look good. Last night, their worst offensive effort by far of the season. Defense, I guess, was pretty good. 15 points is a ton at Arkansas, but the travel down from South Dakota literally yesterday or this morning today, or whatever right? they the got last in. Last night, yeah. Right. Cannot back them at all with I that travel. S- I saw on Twitter they might have bust down. Bust? Two falls. It's like from the Dakotas hours. to Arkansas? I, I don't know if that was a factual report. Chat mob, get on this. We need intel because right. I will be backing Arkansas as much this, as that pains this me. This seems like a delete your number. It's, it's <laughs> going to be Arkansas can run them out if they want to. It's still a really good team. That's why it's t- 15. I still don't yeah, really feel I, comfortable laying that against South Dakota State. You can be same. pretty much anybody in the country. I, we lost that one because of Mark Schmitty threw a pretty awesome zone and South Dakota State didn't know what to do with it. So well, they should yeah. bet against good coaches. 44% of their threes like they did last year. But they yeah, did. they yeah. usually make threes. Too. Make threes, Jack Bunnies. God, you always make threes. 
All right. Toledo, Oakland over. Yeah, I I totally endorse this one. It's 157, Matt. I got to check that on Bet Rivers. Do you have a lean on this one? There should be a ton of points. Wait, what game? Sorry, I was responding to a Toledo, chat. Oakland okay. over is the question. It's 157 and a half. Yeah, it should be like 190 points, honestly. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> bet this. It, I think I made it too low. And Oakland has not scored a lot this year, to be honest. Their defense has been bad. Uh, yeah, and they lack size up front. Um, over sounds good. I'm with you on that one. Uh, and then, Jim, finish it off. UAB Presbyterian. This I wanted to bet UAB did not get any sort of a decent number. I think it's up from there was an offshore opener of 19. It's like 26 and a half, 27 now. Presbyterian still dealing with some injuries. I think they've got some bad guards that are susceptible to pressure. UAB could blitz them. Another kind of name your number game. Uh, and UAB off that loss to Toledo, I think they're going to be motivated. Per- perhaps UAB first yep. half is worth a look. Presbo collapsed against ECU's pressure. What do you think they're going to do against UAB's pressure? That's now extra angry off of the Toledo loss. I think that's a disastrous spot for Presbo. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. Thus ends the second mob, Jim. That's it for chat. All right, Kai, hit the folks with your best bet. All right, you know what I'm doing, guys? I'm going to back the Screaming Eagles of Southern Indiana, plus 15 and a half. Uh, it's really partially a fade Notre Dame, who has not looked good in either game to start off. That's a theme for the ACC. They have no depth. They're playing six guys right now, pretty much. Uh, Bray is. I don't understand that a whole lot, but you're playing guys 38, 37 minutes a game. Not a good situation for Notre Dame. And Southern Indiana, man, I thought it was a fluke when they hung with Mizzou because they hit so many threes, but beating Southern Illinois, beating the breaks off Southern Illinois, that's impressive. Kim Palm obviously loves this team. I'm going Southern Southern Indiana plus 15 and a half. Love it, Kai. The Screegles. The Screegles. And I can't the say Notre Dame's looked awesome as a, as a big favorite so far. Nearly losing to Radford. I think Pat Taylor mentioned Southern Indiana money line in the chat. So, hey, Ooh. if you want to get, get real frisky with it. Kai, would you do it? No. Ah, darn. Okay. So <laughs> trying to create the clip for later, but of course not. Yeah. Uh, all right, I should Matthew. just say yes. Yeah, just say yes. All right, Matthew, just your best yes. bet. Uh, Hampton, it's a pirate's life for me. Unfortunately, it brings back some haunting memories of backing this squad last season, and it's largely the same team this year. It brought in some key new pieces, though, um, which will be needed tonight. Nesbitt, point guard, former slew transfer, will have to handle the ECU pressure, which um, completely stymied Presbyterian. It also gave Mercer plenty of problems in the onset. It's why they had two insane comebacks to start the year. Got down 21-4 to Presbyterian, ended up winning by 20, like 40-point swing for a team that's not that good. Catch a nine. I just think it's way too many points. What? What? That, Who did I find? I'm, I'm sick of your Michael Schwartz. East I think Carolina he's a really good coach. Game. I just think his roster is like whatever. And they've got guys in and out with the flu. It doesn't like they're kind of just like throwing it all together. Like, all right, guys, go play. And I think it worked against Presbyterian and it worked against um, Mercer because Mercer likes to blow leads. I think Hampton can keep close tonight. I think the Pirates keep it close. That's you, got nine, you got nine and a half, by the way. But I'll take the hook. I hope I don't need it. The 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 flu does spook me there. That's that's a big point for you. Um, so my one best bet, as I mentioned in chat mob section, Ball State under one forty three and a half. And I'm also going with the Lehigh Marist under. I think Marist is going to be an under team this year. Uh, Lehigh also playing pretty slow offensively, trying to figure out their pecking order. Jalen Sinclair, the really good point guard, is getting back into the flow of things. Uh, so under one forty and a half here, Marist has got an awesome interior defender and Stefan Ingo uh, coming over from Maine. That's kind of what John, John Dunn is known for Matt, as you know, like muck Hmm. games up, make them ugly. Also Patrick Gardner. He's a a rim protector whisperer. 
Patrick yeah, Gardner yeah, is a beast for Marist. Yeah, Check so him out. They've got like two six ten guys that can that can really play. So I like the under there. I think it's a little bit ugly, a little bit slower. What do you know? Two unders from Jim, Jimmy the Undertaker. <laughs> no shocker at all. Uh, folks, I believe that wraps it up. Make sure you hit that like button on your way out. Subscribe to the Best Bets YouTube channel. We appreciate that as well. That helps our numbers. We will be back on Friday. No show tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Uh, kind of a limited slate, and we want to be geared up for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Coming to you all three days because there's awesome games coming up. So that's when we're sitting it out. Get ready for Feast Week. It's coming up soon. Thanks again, Bet Rivers, Field of 68, chat. We'll see you Friday.